let's honor the music you've already played and not feel like your actualization is always an arm's length away or a published book away or a this, that, or the other. It's like you are creating, you are here. You don't need XYZ check in the box. Well, that's great if it feels true to you, but let's honor what you have been creating to this point or who you have you know, created to this point, your contribution to humanity, literally. It's time to create a life that's better than your dreams with the I Heart My Life show. I'm Emily Williams, the founder of I Heart My Life and your I Heart My Life show host. This is your one-stop shop for all things personal development meets lifestyle. So pull up a seat, get out a pen and a paper and get ready to learn. Welcome to the I Heart My Life show, Nikki. I'm so excited to have you here. I've been a fan of yours for many, many years, and we recently met in person. So I'm excited to talk about coming full circle, all the things that come with a journey over the last, I don't know, for me, it's been eight years. I'm not sure how long yours has been in the online space. Um, We're going to cover all of that today. Beautiful. Thank you for having me. And thank you for having me in your home. I mean, of all places to meet. (laughs) That was really fun. I know. Amazing. (laughs) So I first encountered you, I don't know, someone sent me your website when I was looking for a copywriter years ago. And Mm. I was blown away by the branding, obviously the copy, but the branding and the photography and just the whole concept of it. So I do want to get into that, but I'd love to know Was that your starting point and what got you to that place? (laughs) Okay. It's funny. I was actually just talking to my friend Sarah Ashman who co-created that visual expression back in 2013-14 with me. I was just boxing with her today. But no, no, no. Definitely not where I started. I started with the words, literally letting the messaging lead the way. And so when I started my business in 2013, almost 10 years ago, which does feel like multiple digital lifetimes ago... It was all about helping people say what they really wanted to say, which right before we hit record, right, I was just telling you how it's coming full circle. There's just more nuance and texture and more of the ecosystem around what's keeping people from saying what they want to say. So I started my business helping people. It wasn't even copywriting. I've actually never been a copywriter for someone. I would literally get into the Google Doc with them over Skype back in the day before Zoom was a thing. And it'd be like, okay, Emily, so tell me about your business, who you love to serve, what you love to do. And we would literally, I'd be taking notes here in a secret doc, and then we have the doc here, and I'm just helping you say what it is that you want to say. This is who I love to serve. This is what I love to do. Because whenever people feel like they're writing for an about page or for a bio or for a sales page, then all of a sudden all this noise comes in. And so it was about stripping all that away and helping them say what they really wanted to say. So I was able to build the business in the very beginning, which was Wild Wild West years, right, in 2013, really quickly because I was in a group full of entrepreneurs who really wanted and needed help with this. So my business blew up really quickly. And the visual iterations didn't really come into play until towards the end of the first year or just after And it's funny because we weren't planning to go all out and create this whole new visual brand. But I was telling Sarah, of all things, she had been one of my first clients. Like I worked with 100 clients that first summer, just one-off sessions, one hour. And I was like, I'm really frustrated by my blog images. Like of all things, I was just getting really stuck on blog images and what was the template I wanted to use or whatever. And then it ended up becoming this huge creative project. And I had used the term for myself, the communication stylist. Because it's not like I was the seamstress in there, you know, making the garments. And I wasn't a personal shopper, but it's like, bring all your stuff to the table. Let's see what works. Let's see what doesn't. Let's help you feel like the truest, most powerful, sparkiest version of you. 
And so we literally brought that vision to life, the communication stylist with this homepage image where I'm holding like question mark or exclamation point, you know, and then putting the words on the dress. And we had a lot of fun with it. It was like a caricature of all these word pictures. She's very visual and I'm very verbal. And then the rest is our little web archive history. <laughs> yeah. And the thing that stood out to me, it was obviously beautiful and and the photos were stunning and the concept was stunning. And it also felt like it felt so you. Like I mm. understood who you were when I landed on the website. It felt unique. It felt like you weren't timid about really showing up as your true self. Mm. And since getting to know you, I feel like that is how you show up and you're so bubbly and you're so, it's so easy to connect with people. And Mm. I feel like I get who you are when I experience you. Was that your intention or do you feel like that's how you are? Thank you. I, I mean, I can be bubbly and I can boil over as well as my husband. (laughs) So that's true. Right. Um, it's just so funny to hear you say that. Yes, absolutely. That was the intention because my whole thing was about clear, sincere communication and smart, authentic communication and really showing up as who you are. But I was so freaking triggered by the response to the launch of, and again, it's like this little corner of the internet, but things were a little quieter back in that day, you know, but it was a big deal in our little tiny corner of the internet. And people were like really having big polarized opinions. And lots of people were like, Oh, I want to do that too. And then lots of people were like, who does she think she is? Of course, that was all reflecting my own stuff, right? So I was really (gasps) about it because I was like, I don't want people to think that I'm too big for my britches, as they say, or that this is what I look like when I go to the grocery store or whatever. So for years, then I almost had a rebellion against it, where it was like I wanted to draw a little monocle or devil horns or mustache on my <laughs> myself because it was like, it's so clean. It's so polished. Mm-hmm. I'm so textured as a person, literally my hair, my freckles, my skin, you know. And so anyway, so I love hearing you say that. And lots of people did say that as well. But it definitely brought up a bunch of my own ish around it because I was like, who am I? But again, over the years, a decade in, I'm like, we are all of it. Yes, I am myself in my sweatpants with no makeup and dry flaky skin some days. And yes, I am myself all glammed up having a professional photo shoot and everywhere in between. I had a lot of fun also dressing up to go to your party, I had to say. (laughs) But we are all of it. And that's the point, right? It's about allowing space and time for the full range of expression. So And how, you know, on this show, we love talking about mindset. We love talking about personal development. So how did you get to that place going from, you know, oh my gosh, people are saying all this stuff. I want to draw on these pictures, make them not look so perfect Mm -hmm. to really being able to sit with, I am all of these people. I'm, I have all these facets Mm -hmm. and to really own every side of you. I mean, I'm still owning that, right? Like I'm still owning it. I actually almost had kind of boarded up the windows for a while and I had this lead page over the front of it. And I only just now brought her back, like restored her to her full glory over the summer because I had a literary agent who was going to be shopping my book proposal. And I was like, I would like to make the best first impression that I can, right? back, Like I did back in the day, because that was what was so cool about it is that it doesn't look dated at all. It's been there for eight years plus. Um, and yeah. I've refreshed the copy in some ways and actually do need to refresh the copy so that it more reflects the fuller range of what I'm offering to my clients these days. But it still stands. And so it was. it's just been an interesting journey. Like I said, I'm still owning it. And I think it's helpful to be talking to other people, to be in community of other people who are navigating it because it's much easier 
to encourage your friends to showcase all facets of who they are, right? Like from the outside, when you're talking to yourself through your friends, it's actually so much easier to be like, yes, yes, you are fabulous as you are when you're feeling frumpy. And yes, you look great, all polished and dressed up too. And all of that is worthy and valuable and deserves to be seen and heard and experienced. You know, that was the thing. It's whatever the message is around. We teach what we most need to learn, right? It's like, this is smart, authentic communication. This is owning the full range of who we are and knowing that to some degree, I believe anything anybody can say about us is true to some degree. But if we're constantly trying to disown half of who we are, of course we feel a little unsteady because it's like we're standing on one leg. And if somebody, if you're putting all of your stock in the right leg in like that one half of you and then someone actually shines a light on this other side that you're trying to hide, you're going to fall over. But if you can own both sides and know that that is what makes you whole, that is what makes you human, and same for everyone else on this planet, then you're not as shakable and you don't get activated so quickly. You're just more steady because it's like, yes, and you can own it and it's not right or wrong. It's just who you are. Anyway, yes, I love that conversation too. Yeah. And I mean, I find for myself just asking that question, like you said, what would I say to my girlfriends? Or for me, what would I say to my clients in this instance? It can help me get out of my head and into the truth of the situation. And, you know, every, at least for me, every business challenge has been such an opportunity for personal growth. And it sounds like you putting yourself out there in this way has definitely supported you in that. Big time. For sure. (laughs) Definitely lots of edges and and areas to explore. And what were you doing before that? Because I want to ask a few questions about your business taking off so quickly, but what were were you doing before you started that? I was working part-time. So my oldest, who's now 11, was 18-ish months old. So he was in that toddler stage. We were living in Hawaii. My husband's in the Navy. And so we were living in Hawaii and I was working part-time for the National Park Service. I had worked for the Park Service full-time and then went shifted to part-time after my oldest was born. So I was working part-time for the National Park Service at Pearl Harbor. And then I was also facilitating courses online for University of Phoenix. So I'm like a teacher by trade, word nerd by trade. I have a bachelor's and master's degree both in communication studies. And then from grad school on for about seven years, I was teaching either in community colleges or online universities because I love facilitating valuable moments and helping people express themselves and understand how to relate to other humans. So I had those two part-time jobs. And then I was blogging for fun about mom life and stories around that and everything. So that was like the trifecta of all the different parts. Yeah. And what brought you into the online space? Where did that inspiration come from? It's very Alice in Wonderland rabbit hole (laughs) situation. So it was 10 years ago, like this time, in 2012, where I started doing my, my faith has evolved a lot, but I came from like a very traditional Christian faith Methodist growing up in 2012. And I was doing this Bible study before Christmas and whatever. And I really appreciated having that quiet time, like a devotional kind of time and journaling. And I started the year 2013. I chose faith as my word of the year because my husband was about to be moving across the country to do training in Connecticut. We were in Hawaii. And I'm like, I want to get anchored in the irony that my faith has changed a lot, but Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm going to be anchored in what's not going to change, you know, rooted in that. And so anyway, I prioritized waking up before the sound of the baby monitor for the first time as a mom and actually having that quiet time in the morning, even if it was just 20 minutes, I started to notice what I call these divine breadcrumbs, like 
all these little moments that kind of stand out on the timeline of your life where you're like, oh, remember this feedback that really meant a lot to me when this teacher said this or this friend said, oh, when are you going to write a book or whatever? And that's when I literally felt inspired. Like I felt like a divine knock on the head. You have a gift. It's time to share it in a bigger way. I wasn't actually going into this thinking, I'm going to start a business. What's it going to be about? How can I make money? I literally felt this from a month of journaling and waking up early, which I don't do now and haven't, but I bet it would be life-changing again if I picked it up again as a habit. (laughs) But I literally felt this pull. And then that's when I started researching and I found all these people on, you know, in the online world and Marie Forleo and wow, I didn't even know that this world existed. And then that's when everything started to come together and I started to meet other people and see that this was a thing. And I was like, do I need a life coach certificate? You know, how do I, what do I charge? What does this mean? So I talk about it a lot in my own podcast, in the Naptime Empires podcast, to share more of the nitty gritty details of it all. But it all happened very, very quickly from that point yeah. of deciding, okay, sure, if it's going to be a business, who's going to pay for help with communication? And that's when mm. I realized, oh, there's lots of people who are really challenged by writing in a way that feels true to who they are offline, you know, like showing up online yeah. and feeling cheesy or you know, sleazy or pick your easy adjective, you know, not feeling good and true to themselves. And so that's when I saw the need and did the deed, (laughs) made an offer to help people with it. And there are a lot of people who would love to be able to say, I worked with a hundred clients over the span of a summer at Mm. the very beginning of my business. I know for me going from, you know, $442 to seven figures in my first 18 months, a lot of people would be able to love to be able to say that as well. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot that comes with fast growth and success. Were there any challenges for you mindset wise or otherwise? Yeah, a hundred percent. Because Like I said, even with the website, right, which was a year. So, I mean, I want to hear more about your story (laughs) because that's really amazing what you just dropped in there with your first year. My first year was a big deal to go from, you know, zero. It was then 21,000 in the first six weeks because basically I put out this offer in this Facebook group and I was like, I can help you for an hour, $199. And then for this 10 years, it was like or 10 year span, 10 day span. It was like, and then I'll have a third, we'll do a follow up 30 minute session as a bonus for people who signed up in this 10 days. But then 70 freaking people took me up on that 199 with a bonus. And I was like, Oh, shoot, I don't have enough daycare days for that. Like I literally only had two daycare days, maybe three a week. I literally couldn't do it. So I wanted to honor it. But that's when I learned the value of scalable bonuses <laughs> that don't involve your time. So I was like, I'll do that. But if, you, if you're cool with it or if you'd prefer, I could also just style up your copy for you. You know, I wasn't writing it, but once I had a one-hour session with them, I got to know them and I could actually just style up the copy for the follow-up instead of doing a live session. Thankfully, 99% of them took me up on that. But that's what that first offer was. It was just that one-hour session. Wow. <clears throat> and it was over the course of the summer because, like I said, then later that year, my husband was going to be moving. I was like, this is all I got. And then I shifted into course mode. Um, and so those were the things. I didn't have time or space to freak out and have resistance beyond that initial. I definitely like literally got this mystery stomach bug. No one else in the house got <laughs> whenever all that was happening. Cause I think my system was just like, what the is happening? And then I didn't have time to freak out. All I had time to do was serve the client. I had signed up to work with me over the course of that summer. And then when I had more space, to freak out, resistance crept in because I was like, I'm going to create my first online course. And that's when I started to have these doubts. 
What is it going to be about? Who's going to want to buy it? Blah, 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 blah. When I had the slow time, I honestly feel like that rolling around in the white space, while it's a fantasy for many people to want to have that extra margin, it's a double-edged sword because that's also when things can get really quiet, then your mind can fill in the gaps if you're not really reinforced and supported in that way. So there was resistance, there was internal, and there was some external stuff too of people being like, again, who do you think you are? Oh, this is so annoying. Don't talk about the money that you're making. Show me your profit and loss statement or else it doesn't matter. You know, like that kind of stuff. Not directly saying to me, but peripherally these conversations were very triggering because it's triggering to trigger people. How many times can we say trigger? Um, But also I know at this point it's like we're just reflecting and activating each other and triggering our growth ultimately. It's up to other people what they're choosing to do with it. And that's okay because I still got to do my thing or I won't feel in integrity with myself And that's who I'm reporting to at the end of every day. So it's all the things. Mostly it was internal. There were some external things, but mostly it was the internal of like, also just practically making time to create the course. And I did have some invitations for very, what would have been very high profile projects for other people, like someone who was leading in the industry that wanted to, wanted me to ghostwrite basically her book. And I was like, that would be cool, but I got to write, you know, I got to create my course, you know, because yeah. I was trying to figure out how to make my income sustainable for my family mm. and our setup, you know, I'm like, that would be fun. But I bet one, she could hire someone for less <laughs> than my hourly rate at the time. Um, and also I knew I needed to put that on my project or someone also high profile who wanted me to be her personal, like copywriter for her business. I was like, I got to write copy for my own business. You know, I can't be like, behind the scenes in your brand and give with the time and energy that I have for my own. So it was also those big choices of like forks in the road, you know, and I don't believe we can choose wrong. It just might take us on a bit of a detour, but I believe, you know, I'd find my way back. So that's super brave of you because I know a lot of people, especially in the beginning, kind of take whatever opportunity comes their way. Mm -hmm. So it's amazing that you were clear enough to know that's not actually going to give me the result that I want right now. Yeah. I mean, some may look at it and be, because then there was one later in the year that was like kind of a shark tank opportunity where it was another leader in the space where people are knocking down their doors to do affiliate promotions, you know, and they were actually reaching out to me to be like, Hey, we'd like to, you know, help you. And I'm like, I'm not ready yet. So I don't know if that was enough for, again, it couldn't, can you even choose wrong? I don't necessarily believe we can, but I was like, no, I just, I didn't want to feel rushed into hyper growth on the course side, you know, so, yeah. for, so however that worked out, but yeah, I believe there's a quote. Um, I first heard it from John D. Martini, but it's not about making the right decision, but about making the decision right. So mm-hmm. for whoever's listening, if you're facing a big question about that, just know that you can make the decision right, but staying in the indecision is actually the biggest drain of all, I would say from my experience. Yeah. <laughs> oh, definitely. Like being in limbo, that's the worst. Mm-hmm. Do you want to up-level every area of your life? Do you want to achieve more success, joy, and abundance? If so, head on over to iheartmylife.com slash go and check out everything we have going on to support you in creating a life that's better than your dreams. So I know that since then, a lot has happened since 2013. Um, So catch us up in terms of the full circle that you're going through at the moment. And before you do, I just want to share that I totally resonate with that phrase and that sort of um, coming full circle in your business because I started my brand 
as a life coaching company. But Mm -hmm. as it took off, more people wanted to know how I built my business. But the intention was never to work with entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And what I realized was that over the years, I heard my life was becoming very pigeonholed in terms of the entrepreneur space. And I love working with driven women, Mm -hmm. but it's so much more than that. And we found that people who came to us for business strategy, like that was actually the last thing they needed. (laughs) They needed mindset work. They needed health support. They needed like clarity on their goals. And so over the years, uh, at least in the last few years or so, I've felt almost like we've been doing a disservice to our clients mm-hmm. because it's they need so much more. Yeah. And it's about living a holistically successful life, not just success in one area. Yes. So anyway, I say that because I totally get that feeling of coming full circle and all the emotions that come with it and pivoting and all the things. So I'd love to know what your journey has been like to get to this place and to now have that clarity. Well, I love that, first of all, and I'm with you 100% on it. And so I guess the full circle thing I'm talking about at this moment in time is that, like I said, I had this big splashy, this is also the drawback to this big noisy success because then it's like, now I'm supposed to maintain it. Or now I'm supposed to make a million dollars next week or else I'm a failure and I'm not living up to my full potential and I'm dying with the music still in me. (laughs) You know, like whatever this existential crisis is. Because when I started, I legit didn't have any – I thought it would be cool to make $20,000 in a year because that's basically what I was making, twenty five to 35000 You know, I was a little underemployed necessarily in my government job, but I loved it. I called it paychecks of the heart. Like I loved the work that I was doing. But it wasn't like raking in the dough or anything. So it was a shock to my system for sure to make – that in the second month of business or to make a hundred thousand in the first year, that was never on my bingo card. So there's drawbacks to it because it's almost like you're the hare versus the tortoise. And now I'm like, I just, I just want to be the tortoise. Can I change my, can I change my costume? You know, like my role. (laughs) So it's interesting to see and note that, but I almost had a bit of a, like I said, a rebellion against, I'm like, the copy stuff. I don't want to just be doing word related things. There's so much more I want to talk about because like you said, it's easy to say it's the sales page. It's the copy. It's the about page. It's the messaging, but it's like, there's so much more to it. And there's so much more I can talk about and that I would love to help people with. So after the birth of my second son in at the very end of 2015, that's when I kind of cracked open literally <laughs> figuratively to opening up the conversation to what I call naptime empires, which was a a phrase that like, I don't even remember what I was doing, but it came to my mind. I had a couple of losses, actually very early losses between each of my kiddos. And at some point in 2014, when I was pregnant, this naptime empires phrase came to mind, sent from the muses, I suppose. And I just kind of let it sit and simmer. And then after Deacon was born, I was like, I want to talk about more. I want to expand beyond the language and the words that we're using. While it's important, it's not everything. There's life going on behind the scenes. There's kids, you know, changing a diaper literally on a Zoom call earlier today because I'm now in round three of Naptime Empire's life. So I opened up to this Naptime Empire's conversation and I remember posting in a Facebook group, there was a new mom or she was about to have her first child and she was like, how, how, you know, how are y'all doing this or whatever? And I wrote this longest comment in the Facebook group. I was like, I'm going to make this a post. I'm going to make it a post on my page, announce Naptime Empire's and the little graphic said, your own intuition is your wisest advisor. And I created a landing page, which had this really long type form survey that was actually pretty in depth. And hundreds of people filled it out in the first few days. It blew my mind to this day, as nerdy as it is to have a favorite spreadsheet. It is my favorite 
spreadsheet because it feels like a blanket. It feels like I can feel the voices of these women who knows how old their kids are now or, you know, some were pregnant or just thinking about having kids. But being able to hear their stories and their fears and their challenges was so inspiring to me. And so I didn't know what form it was going to take, book. I mean, I, w- I always knew like what, what would a course even be because it's not like there's one right way to build a business or raise a person. But um, a conversation is what I knew for sure. It's a conversation to start. So at the end of 2016, beginning of 2017, that's when I started the Naptime Empires podcast, which has been a really fun playground, sporadic seasons off and on, some interviews and conversations with friends, some solo episodes where I'm just anchoring in things that have been helpful to me that I want to listen back to (laughs) for myself one day. And it's been just this slow rolling conversation that's now turning into a book that I have gotten this close to self-publishing then got an agent and pursued the traditional route, I'm pretty sure I'm still going to end up self-publishing it, actually. Um, But that's just part of the expansion. And so you add in, you have the messaging, and then you have the lifestyle piece. And then on this journey of the last few years, I've been really deep into tools and mindset and values and how that all informs what we're doing or not doing and what we're seeming is, you know, thinking is important or what we're shaming ourselves over. And so at this point, the full circle integration of all the pieces is, like you said, the business is kind of the vehicle and the front for what everybody really needs on the inside, you know, the back-end conversation. For me, what I'm finding really inspiring is working with women, leaders who have lots of things to say. They know they have a book in them or a podcast or some form of expression, but they've got stuff around it. And they know on the other side of owning it and popping that cork, they're going to feel more of themselves. It's like, I want to help with that. I want to help not just in the mind, but also in the weeds, in the dock. My um, friend John and I went to Disneyland earlier this year, and she was working in the final edits of her book. And I said I was like her fairy dock mother. <laughs> like, It was just a really fun way. It's not just an about page for a transactional one-hour session, but to be able to walk with someone and know someone and to genuinely believe in the value of their expression and their voice and what it is that they have to say. I love being the advocate for that. And then to actually have the tools and skills to help her communicate it in a way that feels so true to her, it's a great feeling. So it's like self-actualization, but make it verbal creation, you know, and it's not just creative in general because it's not, the visual thing is not necessarily my Forte, but the words, if it has to do with words and people, I can help. And that's something I've literally been saying for 10 years. And now it just is a more holistic piece. It's like she's not just needing a life coach, not just needing a business coach. It's about this creative expression that's actually going to help both her life and her business because she's going to feel more herself in both. And that can only help. So, and what do you think stops us from being able to be fully expressed? Well, some practical things such as time, you know, or childcare logistics or whatever, like it's, there's so many hours in a day. And if you're already running a business full time, then where do you carve out those pockets of time? So it's about prioritizing and actually managing your energy around it. Cause it's not even just time because you could have time, but then you're flat out no energy to do it. So what actually gives you energy and what are the energy leaks that you need to patch and remedy and build in support and scaffolding? So that if you do have an hour a day, you've got the time. Or if you wanted to go for a weekend, what is the support that you need for your family to be taken care of while you go on a creative writing retreat or whatever it is? So some of it is just straight up mathematical logistics, which has 
you know, relationships and communication, even in there, all entangled. And then some of it is fear of like, what if I do this and then everything changes? How's my marriage going to be? What's my relationship with my kids? What if this takes off? And then I just want to ditch them all and say, see, (laughs) I'm going off to do this, you know, but like we laugh, but really that is a fear that a lot of people have, especially if family is a high value for you, you might have some fears around what's going to change at home and then sadness around that or a little grief around it because maybe you've enjoyed a slower pace. Then you also can remind yourself, I get to choose. It doesn't all have to take off and change so quickly. I can control the throttle here. So those are some Mm -hmm. things. Yeah. Or people not liking it. There's that. (laughs) It's so interesting because a lot of people, like I said, they want to create success. They want to create fast success. But when we dig deep in some of the work that we do, um, we find that a lot of people have a fear of success for some of the reasons you just described. I remember even when I first started, I was an assistant for a business owner back in the day when I lived in London. And she said something to me as I was starting my business. She said, aren't you worried about becoming so successful that your husband decides to leave you? And I was like, Number one, I've never even thought about that. So thank you yeah. for planting that seed. Thank you. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, and I remember, you know, then thinking number two, like, no, I don't think I'm scared of that. But I recognized as I started my business, I wasn't scared of him, him leaving, but I was scared of not having enough time for the relationship. And would it change the dynamic? And who would I be like, because we weren't planning on me starting a business and all the things. So there is so much that comes up with tr- wanting to transform your life, all the things that are, you know, deep beneath the surface that you don't necessarily expect that you then get to face. Right. And it's great because I feel like I, I like to think of humanity is a big puzzle. And so we each have our own unique shape to contribute. So at the end of the day, slash the end of humankind or whatever, what's so frustrating at the end of a puzzle when it's like, ah, we're missing a piece, you know, like you had all the other pieces in place, but then this one piece it's missing or the dog ate it or whatever. So it's like, this is our job. And hopefully as a parent, I can help my kids do this too, which is just to show up fully as they are all the way to the edges as funky, different shaped as they may be. Is that an edge piece? Is it not? I don't know. But the full funky expression of who you are and also not to put so much pressure on the form that it takes um, to where it has to be X or it's not valuable, for example. I just did a podcast episode on this on the the Wayne Dyer quote, dying with your music still in you. And I'm like, oh, great, cool. I didn't know that was a fear I had until now. It's my crippling life fear or whatever. But I'm like, let's honor that life is happening now. We're live. It's happening. You're making music. Do you like the tune? Is it yours? Or are you copycatting someone else's because of whatever reason? Let's figure that out. Let's honor the music you've already played and not feel like your actualization is always an arm's length away or a published book away or a this, that, or the other. It's like you are creating. You are here. You don't need XYZ check in the box. Well, that's great if it feels true to you. But let's honor what you have been creating to this point or who you have, you know, created to this point, your contribution to humanity, literally. So it's a thing. It's worth talking about because I think we've all got some stuff (laughs) around this concept. And you mentioned, you know, feeling the pressure of making a certain amount of money in a certain amount of time and maintaining what you built. So I'm not sure if you've been public with your pivot, but I'm curious to know, have you felt 
like well received in the changes that you're making? Does that even matter to you? Because I know for me, when I first started talking about like, you know what, two years ago, I woke up and didn't feel happy. And now we're making all these changes. That was nerve wracking because people see you in a certain way doing a certain thing for so many years. And then all of a sudden, it's like you're changing. And at least for me, I question like, what are people going to think of that? Oh, for sure. I have thought that, but I haven't ever made like a big, because I still have, it's like, I can't think of a great analogy other than, yes, we knew, you know, it's like if, if I'm dyeing my hair and it's like, we knew you weren't a natural blonde, you know, like it's okay. You know, you're not surprising anyone or whatever. Like it's kind of that where I don't know. And I'm not looking at your, I don't know if you, you might be, I'm just saying as an example where it's like everyone outside can already see that they already know they're fine with it. And actually then you realize it's this internal pressure that we've been putting on ourselves to play this role or whatever, but we haven't been hiding it at all, all along. And so it's funny to me to look back at literally six months into my business talking about my entrepreneurial muffin top or feeling like my brain pants were too tight and I needed a maternity panel to expand and grow beyond this creative corner I had painted myself into with the coffee stuff. I mean, literally like six months into the business, I was already talking about it or 27 ways to avoid burnout or something literally in those first months of business. So it's like anybody who's been along with me knows that this holistic, I think of it like a recycle emoji of taking care of you, taking care of biz, taking care of fam. That's been part of the conversation the whole time. It's never straight up been, here's your five steps to X, Y, Z. Although there is, there's the about page recipe, which is five steps. There is that, but it's always existed in this ecosystem. So I think, again, it's way more been in my head than anyone else to be like, oh, wow, this is really a jarring change of conversation. I had my own rebellion against it internally, but externally, I feel like the clients that I'm working with, one who I've been working with for this last year, and she'd been in my orbit for like seven years, she's like, yeah, it's always been about these, you know, hitting on on all cylinders here of like, again, I think of it as a lazy Susan as well, where it's not necessarily about balance and equal time and a pie and an imaginary pie. It's just integration. It's like knowing that all these things matter. They're all in the mix. They're all on the table. But at one given time, something needs more focus than the others. And that's okay. We're going to get to it. We're going to trust that we're going to get to it. We're going to check in with ourselves when our heads hit the pillow at the end of the day to be like, did I hit all those cylinders in a way that actually feels true to me? If not, what do I want to do differently about it? So that's been my experience. I don't know. We'll see. But I don't feel like there's a big jarring pivot or anything where it's like, I am now you know, creating cat stickers and this is it guys. And I never told you this, but this is really the truth. This is it for me. <laughs> like get on board. It's That's felt true. like that on the inside, mm-hmm. but it has not, it has not been a surprise. It's not, it's not, it's just, what do you yeah. lead with? You know? Yeah, no, that's been my experience too. And I mean, I guess I am a natural blonde, but not this blonde. <laughs> and I'm sure no one surprised about that. Mine's no the inverse where I have cinnamon sugar. It's like, it's a natural auburn, but lately some of it is fading. So I'm depositing color onto (laughs) your beautiful hair. Thank you. So speaking of that Facebook post and that group where you responded to that woman, I'm curious to know what were some of your tips for her, or maybe they've been upgraded since then. How do you actually run this nap time empire? What are some of your tips for moms who are looking to live out their purpose, do something big, and obviously take care of their incredible children? The biggest thing I would say, because 
again, this was actually a big part of the struggle of me even starting the Naptime Empires conversation years ago because I was like, there is not one right way to do it. No one died and made me the one who figures out how to handle both or whatever. It looks different for everyone. Absolutely, there are going to be common themes or else the podcast wouldn't resonate with anyone, you know, but there are candid conversations that we've had there where people are sharing experiences with postpartum depression or struggling with childcare or wanting to work full time and actually feeling guilty about that because the whole idea was to be home with the kids part time or whatever it is. So for me, the biggest thing is releasing the shoulds of it's supposed to be like this or you're a bad mom or whatever. It's like, it's not a moral judgment. I don't care if you want to spend more time with your kids or less time with your kids because I genuinely believe that the greatest gift and contribution that you make to humankind and that includes the humans who are living in your household is to be who you actually are. So for me, and this is, I understand it's easier said than done because even this weekend I'm like, I don't want to be traveling in a way, but I also don't want to be here, but I want to be working, but I don't want to be working. You know, it's like, I want to have the time with them. And it is a thing to normalize that we're going to go a little wonky sometimes and have this debate, but it's because we're choosing to put these things on our plate. So I feel like the best, okay, different, okay, different parts and pieces. One is to own the choices that you're making so that we don't feel like a victim of like, well, I can't because I'm a mom or, you know, like whatever. It's like, let's just remember what we're choosing into. And maybe it might take more time or it might take more money. You know, we have options there if we need more support at home or if we need more support in business. But that's a thing for sure is that we're going to need more support and we have to get over ourselves and be comfortable asking for it and allow ourselves to be supported and hashtag bring the village back. That's one piece. And then really the other piece is being willing to experiment. For me, for example, this last semester, I, I created a 12-week program, the trimester of awesome. I'm like, my boys are back in school. My little one who's two, she was going to daycare for the first time for just two days a week. But she has not been. <laughs> for like 90% of the semester, she's been home because we had cooties and then we had a slip and she hurt her leg. And so it's like, okay. This is helping me clarify because I know I do want to be home and available and my husband just started a job outside of the house for the first time in a long time. So it's like back to the roots. Again, full circle, naptime empires mode where I'm doing the carpools and things and navigating it. And it's like when you have those moments of frustration and WTF is happening and how am I going to do this, it's an opportunity for clarity because I'm like, okay, this could mean I need more backup childcare. 100% I do. Absolutely. But it could also mean that because I do want to be available when they have cooties or when they're not feeling great, I want to be available to be there for them, that my offers need to support that. Meaning, one, my clients, when I have real-time calls, are totally cool with my two-year-old sitting and doodling on the desk next to me while we're there playing Play-Doh. That is key and very important to me if I'm going to have any live calls whatsoever that they know that sometimes little ones are going to be hopping in and out and asking for Minecraft time or whatever it may be. Two, asynchronous is, is a treasure for me. Being able to support people via Voxer asynchronously is a gift, and I love it. So I would love to make sure that's incorporated in my offers. Three, it's time for me to create some more self-study resources. I have so much I want to share, but me sitting real-time communicating and teaching via Zoom is not going to be it for me. So I'm going to adapt and find times in the pockets of time where I can create so that I can be helping people even when I'm tending to you know, 
the cootie queen over here, whatever it may be. So it's all of those parts and pieces. Giving yourself grace, surrounding yourself with people or at least virtual people, conversations with people who are navigating it too. Knowing there's no one right way, as frustrating as that is, because sometimes we just want someone to tell us like, here's what to do. But ultimately trusting yourself to make decisions and make changes as you need to when it comes up. Because there's just a lot you cannot predict once you've got another little person that you're responsible for and who knows what's happening. So good. Yeah. And I think regardless of the situation, whether it's motherhood or something else, our emotions can give us so much clarity about what we do and we don't want. Mm-hmm. And so often we're told, you know, to push stress away or think more positive or whatever it is. And we're just bypassing all of that when it could be helping us find the solution and make things even better. For sure. Vent that ish. And also let your kids, you know, it's like you wouldn't, I mean, you would. So I'm a different mom now than I was 10 years ago, right? And I'm trying like super nanny, the calm down corner and like that kind of thing. I don't I haven't done that with my second kids. I'm evolving. I now have, you know, met Dr. Becky. There was Dr. Shafali in there too. Dr. Becky at Good Inside. I love her podcast. Um, so learning and trying different parenting techniques and stuff too. But ultimately it comes to validating that emotional experience. So it's not like, it's fine. You're fine. Everything's going to be fine. That doesn't help a kid who's freaking out and really sad because they just dropped their ice cream cone on the ground and that's it, you know, whatever the case may be. So it's like the same thing like we were talking about earlier with your friend who's freaking out or feeling like she has nothing valuable to offer the world. It's like, what would you say to her? Likewise, when you're having your own tantrum inside or outside, it's like, how would you help your kid through that when you're there to be like the anchored grown-up nervous system to help them regulate theirs? And even if you don't feel like you have the capacity for yourself to do that, who can you find, hire, or pay who can help you in the interim as you're navigating that, especially when you're new to navigating both at the same time. Yeah, so good. What would you say actually motivates you when it comes to, you know, you said you have all these courses inside of you, you want to work with these leaders and top people, you have the podcast, you're writing the book, what motivates you? For me, ultimately, it comes back to this identity piece, like I said, around the book. Like it is literally, I mean, I wrote the first draft of it in a wild 12 days, 94,000 words in pandemic time while pregnant with my daughter. She was my little muse and co-writing sidekick. I was trying to get it out before she came out. Like that was the plan in 2020. I was like, okay, I'm pregnant. Here we go. She's my human Pomodoro timer. Let's do this. It didn't happen that way. So this book has been in a slow cookie. And the longer that it, it lingers, the more I'm like, oh, but I could totally just change it and do it differently, but it's 85% done. Anyway, It's an element of identity. I've wanted to write books since I was a tiny tot in single digits in elementary school. Like, if I don't do it, it'll be okay. Like, you know, if, again, dying with the music still in me, it's okay. But I feel like there's a lesson in there for me on the other side of it. I have published things in many forms, academic papers, articles, you know, newsreels and all these kinds of things. But there's something about, there's like something in the clue of, hiding on the other side of a published book experience that I would love to just experience in this lifetime. So for me, that's actually the drive. If I try to make money the drive, it it can be fun. And it was like, for example, my first year in business, I was like, oh, it'd be cool. It'd be a fun story to make 100,000 in the first year. So I set that goal and then I did my first course launch and made $50,000, which is unusual, but it happened. That was fun, but the money just doesn't do it for me at this point because it's like, why do you want the money? 
so mm-hmm. that you can spend time with your family or have freedom of time and choice to do things. And it's like, well, I booked the business. We saved a lot of money. And for years, I was able to do that. You know, I realized that business was just the means to the end of the learning, the sparky conversations with people, the time with my kids, the travel to fun places. Like I realized that it is a beautiful vehicle that makes those things possible in many ways, but also it's not the only thing that makes those things possible. So yeah, identity. And then also, like I said, modeling because for them, like I want my, my kids are watching and it's not like I, they're going to be little carbon copies of me, but what I hope that they can take from my lifetime and from all these digital footprints and conversations that I'm recording here in the ethers is like that they are the gift, that them actually following what fascinates them and using what they've got to help support other people along the journey and playing the part and filling out that puzzle piece, that that's the biggest gift. And it's also the most rewarding, like the biggest receipt as well. So that's a big part of it too. And again, money is great. But to me, it's around the identity, the legacy piece, and feeling like myself. Because I, I got to say, it's really uncomfortable not having published the book. <laughs> There's, it's extremely uncomfortable because it feels like, what am I waiting on? And that's the journey that I'm comfortable with that I can help my clients go through too because I, I feel it. I feel the pain of knowing that it's like, it's just right there. Can we just make time for it? Can we just clear whatever's in the way and get it going? So. Yeah. I'm so excited for that to come out for you. <laughs> it should be perfect timing. Hopefully, yeah. I'll use, use my muse. Yeah. I've got another pregnant client right now and I'm like, okay, let's get it out there. But in the meantime, if you just want the messy drafts, I've got that too. <laughs> I can send any little snippets your way. Thank you. <laughs> Love it. So is there anything you, you we haven't talked about or covered so far that you feel is in part important to share that has impacted you getting where you are today or has been pivotal in your journey? I would say relationships, right? Like friendships. I mean, the reason why I even was at your house was because my buddy Jada was coming in town to Austin and she was like, hey, you want to come over here and meet me and be my plus one? And so the relationships that I've built in business, this is a chapter in the book, have been priceless to me. I call it my cabinet of friend tours, friends and mentors that have been on this journey with me for the last decade, most of whom, but not all, most of whom I have met in real life in this time, but um, it was, even when I lived in Hawaii, like if I came, I'd be very strategic about if I was going to an event or going to speak, it's like I could pair it up with meeting a friend in real life. But that I think is such a key part to all of it. Like in real, whether it's in person or not, but having people that you can talk to and process with, not something, someone necessarily that you're paying, (laughs) you know, but someone who's just invested in you and your journey as a person regardless that's been priceless to me, literally and figuratively. Yeah. And I actually, whether you know it or not, I teed that up because I thought that's what you would say. (laughs) And I really resonate with that, you know, wholeheartedly. And I know you and I are both in peer masterminds and it's been super powerful, like you said, to have those people who they're invested in you and you're connected to them and you're invested in them and you're there supporting each other and being along the journey and they get it. Um, It really has been such a game changer over the years to have those connections. For sure. So final question we asked all of our guests here is what is one way that people can far exceed their wildest expectations and create a life that's better than their dreams? What's coming up for me is releasing resistance to the life they currently have. Like looking for evidence that your life 
is a creation. Like I said, with the music and the dying with the music still in us and always feeling like the life of our dreams is so far away and it's in the future. It's like, what if you just decided that you've already created it in some form? Literally, for example, this life was the life of my dreams in 2013. My husband was leaving all the time and he was under the sea and out of communication. And when I started my business and realized I could make so much money, I was like, well, then he could get out. He could get out of the Navy. So he let, he didn't completely get out. He left active duty and joined the reserves. But like this life, having three kids, having a daughter too in the mix, like this life was the life of my dreams that many years ago. And so being able to appreciate what we've created, I feel like is huge because when you can release the resistance, that's actually the trick, right? Because then you're allowing, you're allowing yourself to create the next iteration of whatever it is. But having gratitude for what already is right now, the life that you've created that was once the life of your dreams in some form, whether you realize it or not, if you ask yourself the question, you can find some evidence there. I feel like that's the most powerful thing, appreciating where you are right now. So true. And I always say gratitude and desire aren't mutually exclusive. Like you can be grateful in the current moment. Sometimes people are afraid to be in full gratitude for what they have because they're like, well, does that mean I'm going to lose my ambition or I'm not going to want more? But you can have both at the same time. Mic drop. That's so good. I love it. I love it. (laughs) So where can people find you online? I'm a slippery fish. So good luck. Um, (laughs) Sometimes I'm on Instagram. I'm Nikki Ellidge Brown everywhere. And naptimeempires.com slash guide is, I'm, I'm reshaping it, but it's kind of a roundup of popular podcasts. And when you're feeling resistant, when you're comparing yourself to everyone on the internet, when you're feeling overwhelmed, hiding in the bathroom, want to get back into inspired action, that's one of the best spots. Naptimeempires.com slash guide. Uh, but everywhere, Nikki Elledge Brown will link you to all the par- parts and pieces. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for your time and for this conversation and for your vulnerability. I'm so excited to see what's next for you and what this full circle life and presence and embodiment looks like for both of us. Um, Yes, I was going to say thank you. Me too. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the I Heart My Life show. Now do us a favor and tell people about this episode. It's truly our duty to make sure that the I Heart My Life movement is spread far and wide. The truth is life can be challenging, but it is possible for all women to love themselves and their lives. And while you're at it, send a link to this episode to three of your friends today, or maybe even post it on social media. Use the hashtag I Heart My Life Show. That's hashtag I Heart My Life Show. And if you'd like to help me personally, then please rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Give us some stars, cheer us on, and leave a review because believe it or not, that stuff actually really does help. And I read all of them. Please remember everything you desire is meant for you and possible. Keep showing up, taking action, and believing in your dreams.